to bring awareness to the what's happening in the mind without clinging to it, without resisting it, without identifying with it, without taking it personally, without making it me, mine, who I am, which, as I'm sure you all know in your own experience, is not as easy as it might sound. So this quality of bare awareness that we have been cultivating in relation to our mental activity, it's very different from the usual way people relate to their minds. Without some mindfulness training, most people either pay no attention to their thoughts at all until they've got into some kind of trouble, or they tend to believe their thoughts completely, take them personally, identify with them, have them define who they are. So on the one hand, it's common to wrongly believe that thoughts are not important, and on the other hand, at times to take them far too seriously. So again, we're trying to find that middle way. But I'm guessing that at times, some of you have had the experience, maybe even today, of being in a state of relative ease and calm, just going about your business, feeling okay, maybe even happy. And then suddenly, seemingly out of nowhere, a random painful thought comes in, and it feels like the whole world shifts, and we get caught in all kinds of afflictive, unpleasant emotions, sometimes for hours, maybe even days, because of one firing of neurons in the brain. Anybody had that experience ever? Perhaps it would be easier to ask anybody not have that experience and then ask them which planet they were from. So as our mindfulness gets stronger, we can begin to recognize thoughts as just thoughts and that in and of themselves, they don't have that much power. As I just mentioned, they're just tiny pulses of electrical activity in the brain and they only have as much power as we give to them. So the more solid we make our thoughts, the more weight we give to them, the more seriously we take them, the more we cling to them. To that same extent, they also cause us stress and distress. Fortunately, the opposite is also true. The more we can know our thoughts as just thoughts, and we can release that identification with them, the more freedom we have to choose which ones we respond to and which ones we simply let go of. So, as preparation for practicing with mindfulness of the mind again in a few minutes, I'd like to say a little bit about some of the different types of mental activity that we can bring awareness to. Because breaking down that stream of all the mental activity into separate aspects can help us stay present with it more easily. So at this point in the unfolding of Satipatthana, we're just aiming to bring awareness to the mental processes rather than the content of our thoughts and emotions, our moods and our mind states. So in naming those four categories of thoughts, emotions, moods, mind states, just to say, those are not categories that are found in the classical discourses. I'm just offering them as a tool that has been useful in my own practice. 
for getting more of a handle on what's going on in the heart, the mind. So when we're working with these categories, the point is not to get all tangled up trying to work out exactly the difference between an emotion and a mood, but to be able to recognize a little more clearly well, something is going on in the mind and what might that be. So just a little more description about what I mean by each category. Thoughts, just more or less how we use it in ordinary, everyday language. Any mental thought process that doesn't have much of a bodily aspect to it. It's mostly experienced in the mind. Now different people experience mentally in different ways. So some people are more verbally oriented. So their thoughts might generally take the form of sort of verbal dialogue or words kind of scrolling through the mind. At other times, thoughts may be more visual, more images or memories. At times, maybe an inner movie. Sometimes we hear music or other types of sounds. And all these we can classify as thought. And that's what we were exploring in the guided meditation this morning. Then there are emotions, which although they do have a mental component, they often have a physical aspect too. So this is what distinguishes emotions from thoughts. So emotions are a mixture of bodily sensations and mental activity. So to get a sense of that, let's just take, say, anxiety as an example. In terms of the body, we might recognize a sudden hollow feeling in the chest. Maybe there's some clamminess in the hands. The breath feels tight or shallow. And often these physical sensations come along with a rush of mental activity, a proliferation of agitated, buzzing thoughts that often amplify the sensations in the body. So there's a kind of a feedback loop that can make that emotion stick around for longer until, unless, we're able to bring mindfulness and kindness to it. So emotions are feelings that tend to come and go relatively quickly and they're usually a little easier to recognize because they have some degree of intensity to them as distinct from what I'm calling moods. Now, moods, on the other hand, are more underneath or in the background. And because they're in the background, they're sometimes harder to see. And they're often a kind of composite of different emotions, all kind of mushed together. So it's not always so easy to recognize exactly what's going on with a mood. So for, an English, so for example, in English, it's common to say, I'm just in a bad mood, and leave it at that. But if we bring in a little more investigation, try to explore what is that bad mood that I feel stuck in. If we pay closer attention, we might notice there's a low-level feeling of mild depression. And maybe there are some overtones of irritation or frustration, possibly some self-judgment thrown in there, and often a whole pile of resistance as we're unconsciously trying to get rid of that unpleasant experience. 
So when I was first putting together this talk and I was trying to explore, in my own experience, ways of naming moods, what it started to remind me of was the way wine lovers often describe wine in their wine tasting notes. And I found a fake example. The Soprano winery merges disguised pickle midtones with a caramelized sushi aftertaste in their 1999 Bordeaux. And so you might notice in your own mind, with a mood, perhaps there are bass notes of deep weariness with a range of sour midtones, some top notes of self-loathing, and a belligerent yet anxious aftertaste. Anyone recognize that one? So, you know, I'm joking, of course, but can we become connoisseurs of our own moods? Not so we can dwell in them or get drunk on them, but to clarify their different components in the service of helping them to release. So lastly, we have mind states. And this is a kind of catch-all category that includes any other type of mental experience that can't be classified as a thought or an emotion or a mood. And these are a little more subtle because they're, in a way, the overall quality of the mind, not so much the content of the thoughts. So, for example, mental qualities such as alertness or dullness, concentration or distractedness, interest or disengagement. So, mind states are the overall quality of the mind. And generally, they don't have much of an emotional component to them either. So, you might just try that now as you're sitting here. If you just let your attention drop below any thoughts about what I'm saying and what it means and so forth, come down metaphorically a little further, can you recognize an underlying mental quality? And if you can, see if you can give it a name, perhaps just one word. Maybe brightness or interest or dullness or... Distraction. Anybody willing to give it a go? Engaged. Engaged. Thank you. Calm. Calm. Lovely. Thank you. Analytical. Analytical. Yeah, thank you. Foggy? Fuzzy. Fuzzy. Fuzzy, foggy, similar terrain. Thank you. Couple more. Motivated. Motivated. Thank you. And someone at the back? Receptive. Receptive. Beautiful. Thank you. So good. So that's great to have that sneak preview. And we're going to continue this exploration in the relational practice so that we can support each other to get even more refined awareness of these underlying qualities of the mind. So again, in a moment we'll be transitioning to standing and walking and you can discern for yourself whether 
continuing to refine awareness of mind states feels supportive for you now or not. And if it doesn't, you're welcome to continue with whatever practice does feel useful. Okay, so thank you for your attention.